Welcome to Paper Boys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. Today we have a special seasonal episode for you. Disclaimer, it's about Santa and his origin story. So if you're listening with children, you may want to tune out uh, depending on how much they know about Santa. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're listening with children under the age of 10, just skip this episode. <laughs> yes, you listen to it quietly. This is an interesting paper uh, about the psychology of Santa on both children and parents. So if you're actively rearing children, they'll probably like this. And even if not, it's really interesting because we've all been exposed to this, uh, especially yeah. over the centuries in American myths. So tune in, sit back, enjoy Paper Boys. Ring, ring. Well, we're glad you're all here tuning in with us. Please check us out on Twitter and Instagram at PaperboysPod is our handle. Got lots of cool posts there, and it's a great way to reach out to us about episode recommendations or anything else. Also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash PaperboysPod. It's really the best way to support the show. If you enjoy the content that we put out, all we ask is a meager pie dollars a month, and you get a lot for that. You get a free sticker. You get a bonus episode every month. Um, if you go up just one tier, you also get videos of beautiful, beautiful men. <laughs> <laughs> or boys, rather. Paper boys. Relaying the content. Legal. Yes, legally, of course, of course. So check all that out on Patreon. We're coming out with a whole lot of new content just next week on January 1st. So if you get in now, actually, before 2020 hits, you can get the video content we're going to offer at the Pi Dollar tier. Yes. As long as you're in before January 1st. So that's our kind of thank you for being an early supporter, grandfathering you into the extra bonus content. And really, I think these are the best episodes that we put out. We do one bonus episode a month, um, but Charlie and I both have the chance to read the paper, read the headlines and dive into it. So the discussions are just a little more animated and we're able to talk about, we're able to talk a little bit more intelligently and sort of like go back and forth about what's happening. A little more holistic view. We're also usually drinking beer, so... We get a little silly with it, too. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So check that out. Patreon.com slash pod. James, we're talking about Santa today? Mr. Claus. He's so on the... has Santa been coming up in the news lately or? Yeah. You know, uh, I was just reading that in just about two weeks time, he'll be making his annual trips around. No, um, yesterday. Today is December 26th. That's right. Time travel. I know. Things are confusing. If you've been listening for the last few weeks, you'll know James and I had a marathon week of recording sessions and uh i have a hard time just knowing what day of the week it is yeah so today boxing day is boxing day yes it's our boxing day episode santa's been in the news quite a lot uh <laughs> you may have less left some children a little bit surprised uh yesterday morning actually yeah i got coal really yeah it was a great christmas for me a lot of grilling mm-hmm. yeah just in time for the super bowl <laughs> uh-huh. yeah i was very thankful for my coal <laughs> yes well, given the time of year, we wanted to do an episode that uh, could be a little seasonal. Um, so we pulled up this paper from Carl J. Anderson and Norman M. Prentice from the University of Texas at Austin titled Encounter with Reality, Children's Reactions on Discovering the Santa Claus Myth. Hopefully you're covering your children's ears. I was going to say, right we, okay, you can't hold us responsible <laughs> because we gave you a disclaimer up front. There's a disclaimer. This is why you don't skip the intros. You can't skip the intro. 
Never. If you did, then uh, that one's on you. Yes. You better learn your lesson. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the paper is all about. I think it it's spun off from Anderson's doctoral dissertation that he did, which was a basically like a big set of interviews with children who no longer believed in Santa, who had recently stopped believing in Santa. Yes. And then with their parents and kind of like combining these different, I guess, psychological things and understanding how the parents and the children commune with each other, how they each commune with this Santa mythology and uh, what what the different effects are of discovering the truth. It's interesting because uh, he, he brings it up in the paper. He's saying that, you know, Santa's is sort of weird mythology that we still continue to believe in today yeah and i mean it's mythology that's passed down from generation to generation for hundreds of years yeah and like he brings this up in the summary too what's fascinating is like you know we've landed on the moon we've done things that people thought were impossible and like we still hold on to this mythology yeah totally and you know maybe that means one day in the future santa actually will come down and give us presents (laughs) Yeah, maybe we're missing something. Mm-hmm. So despite that, despite its prevalence and ubiquity across many different cultures, it's rarely studied, studied with children. I mean, this paper is from the 90s. But one thing that is interesting is he brings up a study from almost 100 years prior in 1896 yeah. that studies something very similar, yeah. children's belief in Santa. So it was, a, it was an interesting read. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny. Like in the intro, he's talking about what other research is out there. And as I'm like sort of halfway through it, it dawned on me, this is literally a lit review on Santa Claus. Yes. Like what an awesome like task to be able to write about. Do you think he was just drinking cocoa and eating candy canes as he wrote this? Dude, he probably had the best. Although he was in Texas, so they didn't, you know, he wasn't sitting by a snowy window and no. uh, Anyway, so there's this whole Santa lit review and do you want to talk? There's a funny quote talking about another researcher belk it says belk identified santa as the national hero of american materialism <laughs> yeah scathing scathing review of santa scathing yeah. lit review santa responded in kind saying belk is <laughs> has no belief yeah we'll have a big pile of coal waiting for him yeah belk is a pseudoscientist who's made the naughty list seven of the last 10 years next christmas we're going to retract one of his papers <laughs> um do you want to talk a little bit about the methods that they use for this charlie uh, yeah, so what the researchers did is went to, I mean, they sent out kind of this like questionnaire to, a, I think, a school locally in Texas, or a couple schools, and they ended up with a set of children and parents by basically identifying like which children among this group uh, no longer believe in Santa. And I thought one thing that was funny here is that two of the children who were selected for the study were later eliminated because they actually did believe in Santa. Yeah, it was like the parents didn't realize that the kids still believed. And I'm like, wait, so did these kids get sent into an interview asking them, so when did you first find out about Santa being fake? And they were like, wait, Santa's not real? <laughs> well, so they actually, I mean, they were really careful about that, I know, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. But- so, the, yeah, they so they designed all these questions to like not spoil it just in case. So they were like, what do you know about Santa? You know, kind of these these questions that would eventually lead to the kids revealing where they stood and what their emotions were. So what were some of the predicted outcomes that the researchers had? So they said they went into it thinking we might find a few different results. Like one, they think they thought that children who were more encouraged to believe in Santa by their parents would discover the truth at an older age. Mm-hmm. So like it would, their belief would last longer. They also thought that 
children who found out by being told by their parents as opposed to finding out on their own would be more distressed. And then uh, another prediction they made was that parents who recalled being upset at learning the truth when they were a kid would be less likely to like strongly encourage their kids to believe in Santa. Mm -hmm. So like if they had a negative reaction, then they don't want to put that on their kids. Yes. Okay. And then, um, so with the kids, they did interviews at the local school, about like 20, 30 minute interviews for the parents. They had them fill out questionnaires. Mm -hmm. It seemed like most of the parents that actually filled out the questionnaires were moms. Yeah. So they discussed a little bit in the discussion section. Yeah. But uh, it was interesting. There were some sort of unpredicted outcomes. There was, yeah, just like some funny little discrepancies that I really enjoyed reading about. What were what were some of the ones that stood out to you? Well, so why don't we first just cover like the, I guess the quick basics, like, you know, how old were kids when they first discovered that Santa was not real? Yeah. Okay. So this was interesting. In 1896, the average age was like a little bit under seven years old. Hmm. And in the 1990s, it was about seven years old. Yeah. So not much change, but sl slightly older. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they mentioned 1896 was a little younger, but there was a couple other studies in the intermediate between those that were all very consistently seven years old. Yes. So, uh, I mean, and with a standard deviation of like plus minus two, two years. Yeah. Like you know, what's kind of funny now that I think about it, I would say I was probably, I think I was probably around that age. I was in like maybe second grade when I, or like first grade when I realized it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I kind of figured it out on my own. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, well, I've figured this out. And, like, everyone else around me still believes in Santa. But I bet that there were, like, half the kids in that room thinking the exact same thing. They bring that up in this. They do. They bring it up how some kids don't tell anyone because they don't, they don't want to ruin it for the other kids. Yes. I mean, I remember, I remember one kid crying in second grade when they found out. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, someone man. told him. Uh, but... This was like one of the more like profound psychological takeaways, which I think is like very well documented. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Go but ahead. But sort of this, this like the difference in perception of oneself and others. Yeah, totally. This comes up a lot in psychology with the sense of like everyone thinks they're above average, but by the definition of average, that cannot be the case. Yeah. I mean, you're describing exactly what I thought. So I thought I was special for figuring it out on my own. And I like you know, drew on that as like an example of my early precociousness. Like I derived from first principles that Santa was not real because I had logic as a kid. And, and, and then someday I will here. progress into the third grade. And, <laughs> yeah. and so here you see 54% of the kids they interviewed found out on their own. Yeah. Like they figured it out themselves. What's interesting too is then, so they asked the parents, like, what age do you think your kids learned? And the parents guess was on average, higher than when the kids actually learned. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny. There was a little anecdote. It says a bunch of kids kept pretending that Santa Claus was real, even after they had learned that he wasn't. It says, quote, reasons for this included Santa was fun, not wanting younger siblings or friends to find out, fearing the loss of presents from parents, and not wanting to disappoint their parents. And then it says one child delighted in, quote, fooling his parents as they had fooled him. <laughs> Yes. So he's like getting back at them by lying to them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, mom, I totally believe in Santa. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forget how smart kids are. 
I know. At like six or seven. Well, that, that also struck me when reading this is like, why do we treat kids like such kids, you know? I know that sounds like a dumb question, but. No, I mean, they're obviously like very aware. Any parent who's listening to this is probably like, yeah, I know this. But like, it, it's so and interesting we, how this comes out in their research. Yeah. And like, and we all know that. We all know that kids are smarter than than they really are. But then we all still collectively agree to treat them as though they're not. Yes. That's like when you watch, you know, like there's a Mr. Rogers documentary and now there's the, you know, Tom Hanks movie. But Mm -hmm. and what they really point out is like Mr. Rogers treated kids like adults, you know? Yeah. And I think that really spoke to everyone. But how come the rest of us are not like capable of that? No, I mean, the fact that Mr. Rogers is so unique. Yeah. For doing that, like speaks volumes as to our inability to talk to kids like they're on equal footing. Right. And with that, you know, we're kind of spilling the beans before we go back and explain it all. But the parents were more distraught than the kids. Uh, about learning their kids had figured it out? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That was hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, and the parents also, like, didn't really have a good grasp on how much it would upset their kids. Yes. That was another thing that I thought was interesting. So maybe you could talk real quick about some of the types of questions that they used to evaluate this. Because there were, they did essentially, like, an analysis of the attitudes, behaviors, and verbal interactions between parents and kids right uh yeah so i mean there was just a couple tables i guess throughout the paper that that distilled it pretty well Mm -hmm. so behavior wise they asked the parents you know how many you know do you do this thing and then they went through and they tabulated what percent of parents engaged in these behaviors so some of them it's like reading stories about santa 98 percent of parents did that hanging stockings 96 percent you know, you sort of step down the list and it's like making a list for Santa. Let fewer people, like 75% only. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then it gets down. It's like, oh, did you ask your kids if they heard the sleigh bells on the roof? And like only one in three parents do that. Like take it to that extreme, you know? Some of this is like getting pretty intense too. Left footprints or other signs that Santa had come by. Yeah. 10. Or how about received a phone call from Santa? Dang. 8%. I'm like, at that point, like, you're just perpetrating an extreme prank on your kids. Yeah, it's a prank. Yeah. But then, like, who am I to say, you know, oh, it's okay for my parents to have let us put out cookies. But if other parents are calling, pretending to be Santa, that's sick. Yeah. (laughs) Like, who am I to make that judgment? I mean, and truthfully, you know, I don't have kids yet, but it's got to be probably pretty magical if you do fake a phone call. Like, you know, oh, yeah. had their grandparent call and pretend to be Santa, like seeing that in their eyes. But those are the kinds of things where when you look back on it later. So it's one, you know, that's why I say like it's one thing while well, we left out the cookies and that was like fun. But then you look back on it later and you think of the logistics of receiving a phone call. You're like, wow, I was talking to like Uncle Jerry, you know, like <laughs> not Santa. It's a little like it's weird and it's I'm weird al- afterwards. I'm almost ashamed to admit this on a public forum like this but you know when i was a kid and i believed in the tooth fairy i like i would like write a note and my parents encouraged me like oh you should write a note to the tooth fairy oh my god (laughs) so i wrote a note and then i would get a note back with whatever you know money was under there and i remember like saving these notes and reading them and like it was like oh in the tooth kingdom everything is made of teeth (laughs) like ridiculous (laughs) things and i thought it was so cool as a kid and i think about it now and i'm like God, like my mom wrote that or like Man. who wrote that? That was sick. Yeah. You should like in retrospect, you would have been like, 
man, Tooth Fairy, you should have left me some sort of connection between, you know, gingivitis and Alzheimer's so I could have gotten a paper in science. Exactly. Like, why didn't you tell me to brush my teeth more? Leave me something useful. I was obviously listening very intently to whatever the Tooth Fairy had to say. Yeah. So, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, uh, thanks a lot for ruining my childhood. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So, why don't you talk a little bit about um, some of, like, the attitudes that they asked the parents about? Yeah, so these were interesting. So they basically split them up as to um, attitudes that either suggested that believing in Santa Claus was good or believing in Santa Claus was bad. An example of a good attitude that supported the belief was that uh, Santa Claus provides excitement and fun. And that was one that like 94% of parents strongly agreed with that statement. Yes, yes. So they evaluated how strong they agreed, uh, disagreed, or felt uncertain about it. Um, One that was a little more split was that the belief in Santa prepares children to pass this custom on. 64% strongly agreed uh, with some pretty even split between feeling uncertain or disagreeing with that. Yeah. On the negative side. Well, before you even go to that, what I noticed right away is that all the, all the, you know, belief in Santa Claus is good because they all have a majority that agree with it. That's a great point. It just has one kind of macro trend right there. Yes. In all cases, the parents, for the most part, agree that, yes, it's good for, for a variety of reasons. Yep. As far as attitudes that shows a belief in Santa Claus is bad, um, these include that believing in Santa Claus draws attention away from other reasons for Christmas. Um, 62 disagreed with that, 62%, with only 23% agreeing. It got a little bit into the feelings of the children themselves being involved in this hoax, if you want to call it that. That children may feel tricked or maybe upset, hurt, or angry. Like, more than 80% of parents disagreed with that sentiment. Yeah, like, you know, 90... So, they asked, do you think that children may be upset, hurt, or angry? And 92% strongly disagreed. And then you go down to the next table and you see, for children, when you look at hurt, angry, and upset, like, 40% of children felt those emotions about it. Yes. So, like, I, I just noticed from this table the the one about the parental attitudes, there's just these like kind of crazy discrepancies in there that yeah. parents I think are just not in tune with how kids are going to feel about this and about why kids would, would engage with this myth. Yes. Like but- 0% of parents said that they think it's bad because it teaches children to believe in falsehood. For the, the negative feelings with the children though, didn't they further evaluate them on a scale of like from not very much to a lot? The way that they phrased it was awesome for, like, kids. Like, oh, if you felt bad, like, on a scale of one to five, like, being, like, zero being, or one being not very much at all, and five being, like, a whole lot. Instead of being, like, strongly agree or strongly disagree. (laughs) Yes. It's like like, in the the first episode of Parks and Rec, when Leslie Nope is, like, in the sandbox with the kid, and she's like, would you say that you were having a little bit of fun, a lot of fun? A little bit, but not enough fun. Like, <laughs> trying to survey yeah. this kid. <laughs> it's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I, this uh, sort of this discord between parents and children is interesting. Yeah. I just, and I just found it strange. Yeah. Like, only 4% of parents were concerned that children would be upset. Like, but I, I don't know. It just that sort of collection of things to me looked like, wow, parents are kind of willing to bend over backwards to convince themselves that this is okay yes and and i'm not saying that to make a judgment that like oh and there and you should but you shouldn't because some children are upset it's like i get that it's completely impractical to not 
convince your kids that Santa's real. Yeah. It's like so hard to do that. And I'm probably going to let my kids think Santa's real or whatever. Anyway, all that aside, my judging of parents when I don't have kids myself. <laughs> uh, how about like some of the actual emotions felt by the parents and the kids? So for both, they actually asked them the same emotions. And there was a set of positive feelings, surprised, happy, good, relieved about learning the truth uh, regarding Santa. And then negative feelings, bad, sad, disappointed, tricked, hurt, things like that. And I think what this table is specifically saying is they're asking the kid, did you feel this emotion when you found out that Santa was real? And then they're asking the parent, do you think your kid felt this emotion when they found out, found out Santa wasn't real? Mm -hmm. So you can directly compare the numbers to see, well, you know, the left column of the kid's emotions is what they actually felt. And the right column is what the parents uh, think. So discrepancies there means that the parents don't didn't anticipate correctly. Yes. And, and there's some pretty interesting discrepancies. I mean, so overwhelmingly, the children actually felt a lot of positive feelings. Like 71% felt surprised. I mean, you know, surprised. I think you'd argue whether that's good or bad. Kind of neutral, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, happy, good, and relieved. Are just about or more than 50%. Yeah. Um, Which, interestingly, all the parents, like a minority of parents, thought that the kids would feel any positive emotion about it. Yeah. Like... Only 8% of parents thought that their kid could feel happy upon learning this news, whereas 62% of the kids said, I feel happy about this. Yeah. That's a huge discrepancy. Huge discrepancy. And further, like, negative feelings, 50% of kids felt bad, sad, disappointed, or tricked. And parents did guess well for disappointed. That was, like, the same. But the only 4% of the parents thought that their kids would feel bad. And maybe that's just, like, you know, some chasm in like language that parents and kids used to describe things. Yeah. Because like, bad means a lot when you're a kid. It applies yeah. in a lot of different situations. But That's so true because they ask bad, sad, and disappointed. To me, as an adult, those sound like three very different things. When you're a kid, if it's like, well, did you feel bad when you learned? It's like, yeah, I felt bad. Because that's the only word you really have to describe a lot of your emotions. Yeah, yeah you could almost do a follow-up. Well, did you feel bad because... You were sad or tricked. Or, yeah. But. Interestingly, the one that actually lines up is when you use the word disappointed, it matches. So the parents, 48% of the parents said, I think my child will feel disappointed. And 48% of the kids said, I felt disappointed. Yes. Yep. What I would be interested in is, and what they don't do is correlating the parents to the kids' responses. So this is, you know, if you took the, take the whole population, but each of the parents is a parent of one of the kids in the group. So I would like to see if there's some way to graph out like how accurately parents are able to predict their individual kids' responses. Yes. You know? But I mean, I guess this shows that not very well. Well, on the average, not very well. On the average. Right. So but, I'm wondering where that broke down, you know? Ooh, and then it would be interesting to see among those pairings, like, did those parents express a higher level of like like a higher positive attitude towards Santa or higher level of engagement? Oh, and, you know, like maybe that reflects a different like overall level of engagement beyond just yeah, the Santa totally, Claus thing. Totally. Because I think, yeah, like, you know, you could have these two numbers disappointed match up at 50%, but it could have been every single parent got their individual kid's response wrong, but still 50% was like, was, was accurate. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. 
Like if I, I said that my kid would be disappointed, but they weren't, and you said that your kid wouldn't be disappointed, but they were, that yes. still la- matches up like one to one, but we each got our own kids' responses wrong. Oh, so we were yeah. Each so not it's in like tune with what our kid thought. If we add those up as a whole, those wash out. But... It washes out, yeah, and it makes it look like oh, the reactions line up. Yes, but in in reality, it could still be a big disconnect between what parents are thinking their kids think. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. I'd be interested to see data like that. So, I mean, with that, we can talk about some of the bigger conclusions from this paper. Yeah, yeah. So one of yeah one of the big takeaways that they talked about in the discussion section that I thought was really interesting is that the impact of Santa is like it's greater on the parents than the children, and we met, we brought this up earlier on. Hmm. What do you mean impact? Like emotionally, or like the effort required to keep the myth going? It's more difficult for parents to accept that their child has like grown up yeah. and learned the truth than it is for the child, because yeah. for the child it's like a rite of passage and they're becoming more of an adult maybe. For the parents, it's like, you know, they're reliving the magic. Yeah. And seeing that. And excitement. like when you're when you find out your kid doesn't believe anymore, it's like, well, they're officially not a child, you know? Yes. Their innocence is lost. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this whole paper was when they asked kids, like, why do you think we have this myth of Santa Claus? And there are some interesting results. Fifty percent explained that it was so they could enjoy themselves or have fun at Christmas. Twenty one percent said that it was an important tradition handed down generation to generation. I love the idea of like a seven-year-old saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Only 8% said that this tradition uh, was used to help children behave better. One of my favorite quotes, though, uh, from the remaining 21% who gave kind of idiosyncratic responses, mm-hmm. one said, you need something special for a holiday because you don't know what to do on a holiday. <laughs> That's so funny. It is kind of like... Well, once no one believes in Santa anymore, like, what do we do on Christmas? Yeah. It's weird. Like, Christmas has all this stuff built up around it, like, beforehand when you think that Santa is involved. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once it's not, it's just, it's a day where you, you know, exchange gifts. Yeah. I There's mean, no, like, magical gift that came out of nowhere that says Santa on it. It's amazing that they sum this up. They say, like, Santa remains a very robust figure in the childhood pantheon. <laughs> And, you know, if parents express some fear, this I think this is kind of common that, like, when you reveal to them that Santa doesn't exist, you're, like, devastating them. But this paper brought up a good point that, you know, we've been doing this for so long. If that was the effect, that would be horrible for our children and we would have tossed it, like... All of us would be messed up. Hundreds of years ago. Yeah. I mean, maybe we all are messed up. But. Well, that's what I was sort of wondering is like, well, is this actually, I mean, especially that one point about like, well, it's teaching children to believe in falsehood. And I found that all the parents like vehemently denied that they thought that was the case. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, but logically, we kind of are teaching that. And I wonder if we just disagree with it because we were also taught that. True. So it's hard to like you sort see, of pass it on. It's hard to see the damage that it does if it actually is damaging not suggesting that it is i'm saying if it if that were the case it would be very hard for all of us collectively to identify that that was the case Mm -hmm. because we all grew up through it you know yeah yeah but i think given that the fact that like your point that it probably is not harmful which is why we are all fairly comfortable continuing the tradition and why i'm fairly comfortable you know i'll let my kids believe it as long as they need to yeah has brought up a lot of interesting thoughts for me about like the 
if you take sort of an evolutional psychology approach and you're like, how is this beneficial to keep this mythology? And mm. it's like, of course, people like believing in things. We do it all the time and adds a lot of value to our lives and structure and, you know, magic in a world in a season that would otherwise be just cold and miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also what's interesting is like, you know, from the study in 1896 and this study, the age at which children discover it is like very similar. Yeah. And media had totally changed in the 90s versus 1896, you know? Yeah, man, that's a really good point. So it's like there's something developmental at probably around seven to 10 years of age where it's like you're starting to understand the world better. And I don't know, I was like trying to brainstorm ideas in my head of like, why would this be beneficial? And it's like there are different levels of like craziness in the Santa belief. You know, there's the fact that someone comes by and delivers gifts and you're like, okay, I can yeah, believe that. Yeah. That's great. People do it. People yeah, give a very things. altruistic man. Yeah. He's and a saint. Th- and then you're like, and he comes down the chimney and you're like, mm, we're having a fire. That's a little unbelievable, but you know, someone would fit generally. Yeah. But you're like, no, nah, but I don't really know anyone else who goes into a chimney. Yeah. But then you're like, and the reindeer fly. Yeah. That is not in accord with what I see in the world. Yes, totally. So it's kind of like makes a- it more exciting that it's not what you see in the world totally but it's it's like you're kind of giving your children like this mystery with these tiers of clues where you have to start piecing it together yeah and so like i don't know maybe it's like the the christian version of a bar mitzvah it's like you write a passage to (laughs) figure out the puzzle santa's not real yeah no but but you're right you know what i mean like i mean but that is you know again recalling from my own experience i feel like that's how i reasoned through it was like well, yeah, uh, you know, one day I just realized it's just not practical for someone to visit every house in the world in one night. I was like, like no me... one person could do that. And so then you step back and you're like, well, it could still be that like they're getting delivered by something in it, but there's maybe a lot of Santas or maybe, you know, there's another way of explaining how it all gets delivered. And then you're like, but I mean, who's going to fly around on reindeer? That's definitely not fast enough to get to each house. So... Yeah. And so you step back, you know, to the point where then you're like, okay, well, maybe Santa gives, sends the gifts out and he doesn't actually have to do all this travel that requires magic. And he just sends the gifts to our parents. And then, you know, yes. and then eventually you realize, no, that's also ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The layers, I think, are probably built up so that like each one is more believable to like younger and younger. And then you can peel them back as kind of your emotional maturity is able to do so. Yeah. Oh, and so... I wonder now, even 20 years later, how different the results would be. Like with yeah. children, like kids having access to the internet and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think 1994 to me is modern enough to sort of draw some conclusions. Like what you said about 1896 compared to 1994. I think that uh, if it were not just like a developmental thing, marketing companies would have found a way in those, you know, in that 50 year boom of like marketing taking over all of our lives. Yeah to stretch that out because like there's a huge financial interest in making kids believe that santa's real because that significantly increases the uh effectively like the dollar amount that they're expecting to see under the tree absolutely when they know it's coming from a magical source yeah so you know then the parents feel more pressure to buy more and so i feel like they would have figured out a way to convince kids longer if they were able to yeah and i guess if you're even if you're six and you're like reading something on the internet you're like you don't know whether it's true or not. You don't even know You don't know what the internet really is. Oh, and you're suggesting that kids could be finding out earlier now. 
Yeah. Because but it, they have access to more information. But a six, yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious. Yeah. If you I have think, kids, we'd love to hear your stories. Yeah. And I think most kids, I mean, even though they do have access to the internet, like their real like daily access to the people in the world is still like all the people around them at school and stuff. True. You know? So it's probably still the similar kind of community that's like keeping it from each other and encouraging each other to believe and all that. That's a good point. Well, it was an interesting read. Yeah. Uh, I guess we won't keep you any longer here on Boxing Day. <laughs> You've got important things to get to, so. Like boxing. Like boxing. No, it was, I think this paper was more interesting than I was expecting. Like the psychological discovery and just the funny things that kids say. I also found it from a more an academic perspective, like, it's cool to see like, well, this is, this was this guy's doctoral thesis. And I'm like, well, he was a grad student, the same that I am now. My day to day is so different than the day to day of someone who's working on like childhood psychology or something. Yes. Like his day to day was interviewing children about whether they believe in Santa. (laughs) Like that's amazing. Yeah. You know, that would have been pretty funny. Yeah. It's just, I just, I'm always kind of that's what I really like about doing this show is just seeing how many fields there are out there and what the what the actual like day job of other researchers and scientists really is compared to my own experience. It's very different and the thought process for yeah. sure. Well, if you have any funny stories about Santa reveals, uh, whether for yourself, your kids, nephews, nieces, anyone else, definitely let us know. Feel free to shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, email, paperboyspod at gmail.com or at our handle paper boys pod if you haven't check us out on patreon we have great bonus episodes coming out each month this upcoming one that we'll be releasing is about the anti-vax movement and another myth that's harming our children yeah but like actually but actually yeah so for this one we read the original paper that sort of spurned anti-vaxxers and it's horrible i mean it was retracted yeah i mean it's been retracted fraudulent the first author was actually being paid by like a law firm who was trying to sue vaccine companies and uh made up data yeah and what's interesting is like this paper is still brought up in discussions like if i had any inkling of wanting to be an anti-vaxxer i'd be like oh i should read this paper and immediately in bright red letters across every page it says retracted so yeah it's an interesting discussion i thought it was a really fun episode to make and especially since anti-vax movements are gaining so much traction you might find it to be a topical subject too. Yeah, it's cool to see where it all came from. And we recorded it on video. You can see our beautiful faces, uh, or at least James's beautiful face and my whatever I have on my head. You have great. You're, you have a great face for radio, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks, they always James. say. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, but so we record on video. And if you sign up for the Patreon at the Pi Dollars, $3.14 level, uh, you will get access to the videos in perpetuity. So after january 1st we're going to move that up to the 667 tier so get in now act now before it's too late uh i would not make a good ad man no (laughs) um but seriously if you if you sign up now that's kind of our way of thanking you for being an early supporter of paper boys and uh we really just really appreciate the support and it kind of helps us helps us keep the show going so thanks so much for listening happy christmas holidays whatever you're celebrating happy new year And please join us again next week for another exciting edition of Paper Boys.